Welcome to episode 19 of Around the Outside, an IndyCar podcast with your hosts, Chris and Ryan. Episode 19. It's a milestone. It's a We're milestone. one episode away from a major milestone major, in episode major, 20. Major We're milestone. There. Yeah. So, um, I think you're going to like this episode. It's a good one. A lot of news to talk about since our last uh, episode dropped. So, we go through all the news. We talk about Buell. And his, his his new team coming in with the RLL, right? We go over some of the the changes that, that are going on with IMS. Uh, the official Fred Watch, Fernando is coming back. Yes. So we get in and we talk about that. Um, then after that, we kind of did another outside the box idea segment. We did the best top ten drivers of the decade. Uh, we both made a list. 10 to 1, we talk about why we have people wear from 10 to 1, and we think it's pretty good. We each have pretty unique lists. Yeah, so um, top 10 drivers from 2010 to 2019. Um, it, it, it was it was fun putting that together. Yeah. Um, doing a little research on it. So um, hope you guys enjoy episode 19. It's a good one. Um, like we talk about in the episode you hear, we are uh, just a little out, more than two weeks out from St. Pete. Pete. Um, we went to it last year. wish we were going back. but um, uh, So we'll start doing our thing weekly. Uh, weekly once the season starts. So our next episode, episode 20. Will we'll, be a preview of St. Pete. We'll probably be the St. So Pete preview. So keep an eye out for that. We'll probably get into the mode of tweeting and asking for questions. Right. But like I would, like we said, keep an eye out for that. Appreciate appreciate you guys listening. Of course, um, appreciate you guys interacting with us on Twitter. Um, keep on listening. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star rating. Drop us a uh, review uh, if you would. Um, tell your friends about us. If you know anybody that's IndyCar fan, tell your friends about us. Um, and again, keep on listening to episode nineteen of Around the Outside in Any Car Podcast. Here we go. And welcome back to Around the Outside in Any Car Podcast. In this segment, we will be talking about some news. Latest news. As always. <clears throat> um, starting off with the biggest news, I believe, with Fernando Alonso returning to the Indianapolis 500. Fred. The Fred watch. Yes, finally comes to an end. His back. Uh, Thank the Lord. Fred's coming back. You know, We all had a little scare there for a minute with the the Honda Vito news coming out. Well, and that was kind of interesting, though, because that, that yeah. turns out to not be true. Yeah, I know. Uh, it turns out, and we don't know the official reason because I haven't, I haven't read it anywhere. I haven't heard it anywhere. But it turns out that... Fernando picked McLaren over Andretti. Yeah. Um, according to racer.com, um, I was reading about the article. It said how that came or how that deal came to be. Um, and it talked about those were the two teams he were, he was talking to was he was talking to McLaren and obviously Andretti. Cause for the longest time, the rumor was is that he was going to run for Andretti. Um, obviously we know that's not the case. And ultimately, I guess the deal just fell through with Andretti. Um, he ended up 
going with McLaren. And I don't know. It, I mean, I can't. I can't imagine it was over money. Well, it's kind of interesting because Ruoff Mortgage, who's a sponsor for the five hundred, they were in talks with Andretti to sponsor Fernando for the race. Right. But and then they um, when when Fernando didn't go to Andretti, Ruoff requested. Yeah. To they asked Michael, yeah, for his blessing. Can we go follow Fernando? And Michael said and yes. Michael said yes. So, so very, you know, look, really cool on Michael's part. Yeah, um, I mean that guy has has been has been over backwards for. Yeah, I think Michael just <clears throat> wants to see Fernando in an Indy for car. a lot of for um, a lot of people. But yeah. um, where we first heard that it was the the deal with Andretti was for multiple races. Which we obviously saw with Hinch getting a couple races. So, um, yeah, well, we'll talk about Hinch here in a minute. But but now Fernando's at McLaren, and then Fernando had an interview with Lee Diffie. Uh-huh. And it also got brought up that he is open to multiple races. Yeah. If they can put the, they can get the, the, together. the money together. Specifically, I know the GP was brought up, the Indy GP. You hear them? Did you hear the part of them talk about Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, well, no, but well, that was kind of interesting. What did they say? Well, Lee Diffie kind of turned Fernando down, but the way Fernando said it, it kind of sounded like Jimmy was actually open with the new windscreen being added, making the car a little safer. He'd be open to running the five hundred. Is what Fernando is how it sounded when Fernando said it. Yeah. Now whether that's I the case, that. I doubt that. Everything you've heard from Jimmy Johnson is even no. recently is road course, road course, yeah. road course. So that'd be cool though. Um, let's talk about the most important thing out of all of this news with Fernando, and that is is that Craig Hampson. Oh yeah. Will be on Fernando's car. That could have had a. Uh, uh, that could have played a big factor so, into this. You, I mean, even specifically in the article, Zach Brown talked about how he was keeping Fernando up to date and specifically told Fernando that McLaren had gotten Craig Hampson as an engineer. I mean, I don't think that can be, uh, you know, stressed enough how much of a badass Craig Hampson is. I mean, he's the one that. Should have had a car on pole from Dale Coyne Racing, what, right. three years ago now with Seb? Right. Yeah. Sebastian Bourdais would have been on pole for that 500. Yeah. That car was crazy fast. And it showed in the race yeah. with, um, was it James Davison that took over James that car? Davison, yeah, yeah, he had a really good 500 that day. So, should be interesting to watch the Fernando Alonso uh, saga play out and see how he gets on with yeah. Craig Hampson. That would be interesting. Um, because, I mean, look, Schmidt, I mean, they're always stout. They're always pretty solid. You know, they're all, I mean, they've sat on the pole there before yeah. with Hinchcliffe. Yep. So, I mean, it's not like they don't know. They but know they their way around the yeah. track. Now you add Craig Hampson to the mix, and you add Fernando to the mix. That's probably a deadly combination. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. So, um, what are we moving on to now? Um, keep it in the driver realm. Uh, the Hinch Andretti slash NBC deal. Um, I believe in the last episode, I don't know if we talked about Hinch in the last episode, did we? No, I think it's, we were, it was, I think the, it the was date, rumored. The date yeah. had come and gone where he was supposed to announce 
That's right. What he was doing, he was supposed to announce it on the same day that McLaren um, announced their right. They did their unveil. Their unveil, yeah. So, so but it, it, he didn't, and then it comes out. It is. We knew that Hinch had the Genesis sponsor, and it was made official that um, Hinch would have a ride at the 500 Texas, and what was the other track? I forget. Another third race, um, three race deal with Andretti. Um, to go with that, he's got a 10-race deal with NBC as a pit reporter. So, um, Hinch, that storyline's kind of over with now. He's got a season, his season set. Um, the Genesis deal, the Texas makes sense because Genesis is now the official race sponsor for Texas. So, right. um, that's how we got to Texas. So, it was official Hinch's within Andretti for about three races this year. Um, what do we have next? Well, I'm just looking up real quick the um, the uh, Hinchcliffe news. Uh, here it is. So, he will be running. Oh, he's running the NDGP. That, yeah, 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 yeah. The NDGP, the, the 500, 500 in and in Texas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be uh, um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, another new sponsor. Maybe maybe IndyCar can get it in and, pull, yeah. and keep them. So yeah, it'd be nice. Um, moving on to uh, some pretty cool news. Um, Robbie Buell is coming back to IndyCar. Man, this is awesome news. This right is here. awesome news. This is awesome news. Um, so at first it was announced that it was just what? How do you say the other name? Citrone. Yeah, something like that. Citrone and Buell Racing, or Autosport, whatever the name is, um, announced that they were going to come run an IndyCar. Um, they didn't have a driver. They didn't have any news on what races they'd be at. And now, uh, yesterday, I believe, it was made official that Spencer Piggott will be running with Ray Hall, Letterman Lanigan, teamed up with the new Citroen Robbie Buell team at the 500 in the Ray Hall third car. Yep. So Ray Hall gets its third car that it's been wanting for a while. Yep. Um, now they've had third car at the 500. Yeah. They, like, um, I think it was Jordan Kane last year. Oriole service. Oriole's been in there. It, a yeah. Times, so, yeah. Um, but it would be really cool if you, if they could get, you know, this Buell team on board with them. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these teams um, are kind of going the way of Michael Shank. And yeah, I mean, they've seen that it works. You come in with a technical partner. Run a few races. Basically, you run a few races to include the 500 yep. your first year. You come back your second year. Run a few more races. You hopefully keep that same technical partner. Mm-hmm. You bump that up to maybe, you know, six to eight races, you know, maybe ten races. Yeah. And then you come back in year three and maybe you're full time. We're seeing the same thing with Dry and Rival. Right? Yep, they're getting back into it. Um, you know, they're gonna run three races, yeah, three or four races this Sage. year with, with yeah, with Sage Karam. So probably a second car at the five hundred. Hopefully, you know, this this just keeps ticking down the road and these guys become full time entries and and you know and we get 26, 28 full-time entries for the entire season. Yeah, that'd I mean, that be, awesome. be awesome. That would be awesome. That would yeah. be really good. So really looking forward to uh, 
uh, Robbie Buell. Yeah, it's just nice to have Robbie Buell back. back in IndyCar. Um, what we didn't talk about with the, back to the Hitch, we didn't talk about his NBC gig. Oh yeah. You know, so so it came out that he's now going to be a pit reporter for ten races, I believe, and for, he's starting at St. Pete for a bunch of races um, for NBC. Plus, he's even doing, and I think he's doing the Brickyard. Really, I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, I think it's in there that he's doing the Brickyard. Huh. Um, so, because that race is on NBC too. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what he'll do at the Brickyard, be a pit reporter, whatever. Probably just but, be in the pits. Um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I get enough of Hinch as it is. Now you put him on TV, and I don't know. I'm not. So what we're saying is, is we're going back on a statement that was made to you. <laughs> oh, I'm not going back on it. I like Hinch. I, it's just sometimes I can get enough Hinch. Gotcha. And I'm with it. it. You know, it's just the I don't know the over the top enthusiasm of 24 seven. Like nobody is is like that 24 seven. So I'm with you. Um, but he's a good dude. I like him. He's great for the sport. So, uh, and he'll, I'm sure he is going to do good on TV. He did some TV back in the day, I think, um, with cart. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, being wrestling. I was worried that they was going to, they were going to take away somebody. And I was like, I don't, they better not take away Paul Tracy. <laughs> Phil had been with him. So I'd have been pissed, you know, about yep. that, but good old PT you know, PT is, is PT's in the town. Man. PT and Townsend and Lee Diffie, those three make up a damn good yeah, team. Yeah, really good. And uh, so you add Hinch into the mix. I was I was worried that they were going to put him in the booth. Yeah. But now that I heard that he's going to be on pit road, um, it'll be interesting. I'm sure he'll be entertaining, uh, and he'll get some good storylines going and, and um, some good driver interviews and stuff. So, yeah, for uh, sure. It'll be it should be entertaining. Uh, let's get into the changes at IMS. So the Penske effect on IMS is already taking place for this year's month of May. Correct. They announced a lot of stuff. I want to start with my personal favorite, the qualification power boost or turbo boost that we get. Right. This year we get another 45 extra horsepower to what they've been getting. Right. So not only did in the years past, they, they always got a, uh, a boost um, on Fast Friday. On Fast Friday yeah. and Qual Day and Pull Day. Yeah. Or for Quals. And um, now on top of that, they're going to get an extra 45 horsepower on top of that. So it'll be interesting to see what that does to speeds. Mm-hmm. In theory, you're, you know, it makes them faster, faster obviously. Yeah. Um, but the big anomaly here is the aero screen. And how does that affect the car? And how does the weight affect the car? You know, it's 50 pounds, you know, sitting on top of it. It changes the center, you know. Yeah. You know, center of gravity. Yeah, we'll see. Um, So. My guess would be even with the weight, we could be in the ballpark of on pole day seeing 231 to 232. Maybe. I mean, in theory, it should be a lot faster than that. In theory, yeah, but I mean, we you just know? don't know how it's going to play out with the aero screen. I mean, that's it. Um, I'd like to see him. 
I'd like to see him bust the track record. Oh, that'd be for sure. I think they but, easily could. It's just a matter of giving them enough power. You know, so we'll see. But that's going to be that's going to be awesome. The uh, obviously, I think the other big thing that got announced was the purse mm-hmm. is being increased by two million dollars. Um, basically, if you read <clears throat> or you listen to uh, Robin Miller talk about the purse, that two million dollars is basically going into the um, full-time entrance fund, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not really that that two million dollars won't have an effect on you know a Indy one-off team, right? You know that that, that money is going into the 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 pockets of the full-time the teams, full-timers. yeah. So, um, but it's an extra two million dollars, and it's like Rob Miller said, if it you divvy that up amongst the teams, and if that's enough to pay your tire bill for yep. a month, then hey, so, so be it. But um, next up, we have um, a kind of new setup to the last row shootout, which is a good setup, I think. Um, depending on how many cars we get, we don't know for sure yet, but that last row shootout session is now going to be changed to a 75 minute session with unlimited attempts. Right. So. so no more. No more of the. You, you get know, one chance. One chance, and Fred gets knocked out. Which was, I mean, we were there. I was nuts. And, and we got there just in time, but we yeah. were there, and that that makes for an insane environment. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool environment. Uh, you add in that it was McLaren, and you add in that it was Fernando Alonso getting bumped out by Kyle Kaiser. And, and Junko's racing. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just incredible. So um, so now it changes to 75 minutes long and unlimited attempts. So Yeah, really good. I'm glad to see that. Uh, the next uh, item that they're going to do is they, they're going to get expanded TV coverage. So I think um, they're going to they're going to televise both days of qualifications like all gotcha. day. Um there are six new sponsors coming in, Pennzoil being one of mm-hmm. them. Um, who that it said they're going to make uh, contributions to not only the series but to IMS. Yeah. So you know they're they're adding money. Um, Verizon's putting in five G. Yeah, at the track, which is awesome. Um, which is awesome, <laughs> right? There are going to be thirty additional video boards put up yeah um a lot of them yeah a lot of them along the straightaway kind of under um, the like in the in the in the paddock and all that or the the uh the outside of the 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 outside of the track underneath the overhang which is that's where they were really needed you know kind of lined all the way down if you were under that overhang you really couldn't see any of the other video boards so So, that's good for them yeah so there's and, and then plus the existing video boards that are like in the turns that we look uh-huh. at, they're adding uh-huh. another board to the bottom of that. Uh-huh. That'll, they said it'll, it'll have a constant running order of the race. Yeah. Which is nice because when they got the new boards, cause the old ones kind of had that, they had a specific section where after each right. lap, it would show you the running order. The newer boards would get kind of glitchy and it'd get people out of order and it wouldn't do it every lap. So it kind of got confusing who was where sometimes. Yeah. But you know, that'll help a lot. That'll make things a lot easier for people to read. And then last but not least, 
Um, and there and, and there's other things too. I think they're doing like yeah. I think they're doing some paving and yeah. stuff like that. They're widening the area behind the the, the outside of the track behind the straightaway. Yeah, that entire area up and down Georgetown Road. They're actually they're taking that fence there mm-hmm. and they're and they're pushing that out and so that's going to be a, a a a lot bigger walkway. That'll be really nice because um, that place gets packed. That thing gets packed day. on race day. So, um, but so they're making that a lot bigger, and then they're renovating 125 restrooms. Our beloved troughs. So, and I, I don't think they took yeah, all I, the troughs no, out. You know, so if you're a fan of the troughs, you know, I'm, I think you're still going to be able to have a trough, but. You know, I was reading some things and people were like, oh, I want one of the troughs. Oh, you know, I want a trough. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put it in my front yard and make a <laughs> flower bed out of it. Or I'm going to make this. And I'm thinking, do you, you know, do you know? I mean, I know they make, you know, soap and, and, soap. and you know, detergent and, you know, cleaner and all that there's, stuff. There's but been a lot of pee over there. Do you, can those you troughs? imagine how much pee has been through those <laughs> those things, man? And you're saying you want to get one? I'll pass. And I, how much do you want to bet that at next year's IMS garage sale? You'll see a trough. There are troughs. That would be hilarious. I, I would almost lay money on it. That would be hilarious. I'd almost lay money on it that there are troughs. I That's mean, funny. And if you're going to go buy one, you better glove up before you go picking that thing up because um, there's been a lot of pee. There's probably been a lot of bodily fluid. Oh, yeah. Go, a lot more than just pee. Go through those yeah. troughs. Over the years, yeah. So IMS is a crazy place. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, that's going to do it. For, yeah, I think that wraps up our news. Um, uh, one other thing that we talked Help. about, well, we got is um, oh yeah, they're allowing the teams to have a, one extra person over the wall for the arrow screens during yeah during the pit stops, and then, and they can only do the arrow, yeah. but basically rip off the do the tear off, the tear clean off. it, whatever so, they do. Um, there's some specific rules, yeah. right? He, he, you know, he, he can't go over the wall until the car comes to a complete stop. The so, back tires have to be up. At the yeah. Area. So unlike the other guys, you that know, can be laid out, ready you know, to go. Yeah, they're laid out here. Boom. This guy's got a car comes in, stops, then he can go over the wall, rip off both sides of the tear offs yeah. um, to the aero screen, clean it, do whatever that is that they're going to do to it. Yeah. Um, and then, he has to get back over the wall, I guess. I'm assuming, or yeah. get out of the way or something. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, another added person uh, over, over the, the wall, wall pit stops. <clears throat> during pit stops. Yeah. So, but, yeah, that now that wraps up news. That wraps up news. And, and we're going to come back with our next segment. You kind of came up with I did. a little, uh, one of our outside of the box thinking. So, we, you suggested that we both come up with, since this is, the beginning of a new decade Yep. that um, we both had to come up with our top 10 drivers of, of the, the last yeah, decade. The 2010s. Right. So, so 2010 to 2019. 20, yeah, 2010 through 2019. And so we both kind of did a little research and we both got our own little list. So um, it's a good one. You've been listening to Around the Outside, an IndyCar podcast. Come on back and listen to this next segment. It's going to be pretty good. Welcome back 
to episode 19 yes. of Around the Outside. Uh, episode 19, earth-shattering, right? Groundbreaking. One, one from 20. We're getting there. Um, so in this section, this, ep- or this uh, segment of the episode, you came up with an idea about let's list our top 10 drivers of the decade. Yes. Okay. So we both did a little research. Um, and I'll start and I, we'll just start at 10 and we'll go back and forth. I'll say yeah. my 10. You can say your 10. Um, I went through, you told me this kind of last second, so yeah. I didn't really have a lot of time, but I did go through and, and this may give you a little idea of where I'm going with mine, but, um, I wrote down five names and I probably should have wrote down more. And I went back and I calculated up all their wins uh-huh. in the last decade. Okay. Um, Dario Franchitti has eight. Yes. Elio has nine. Right. Joseph Newgarden has 14. Yes. Okay. And most of those have come in the last three years. Yep. Okay. Scott Dixon, 25. Has 25 wins in the last 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. Will Power has 33. Yep. 33 wins in the last 10 years. So, pretty Ryan Hunter Ray was on that, should be on that list. I just didn't. um, He had about 15. As my phone goes off. Come Uh, on now. I didn't, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's. He's, he's up there, too. Simon Pagano, 14. Simon's up there, too. Um, so, anyway, so here we go with our list. You can start um, us off. At my number 10 is Graham Rahal. Okay. Okay. He's got – he's a multi-race winner. Yep. Um, and he's Graham Rahal. Yep. And, uh, you know, popular guy. He's a great driver. Yeah. Drives for an awesome team. Um. And he's a multi-race winner. And so, in my opinion, he deserves to be on the top ten drivers of the last decade. Okay, I like it. I'll be honest, Graham Ray Hall didn't make my top ten. No, you're wrong. Much love to Graham Ray Hall. Number right. ten for me. Right. Pry, the favorite driver of the series, specifically even at Indianapolis, always gets the biggest cheer, Tony Kanaan. Tony Kanaan. How many wins did he have? He had three. Right. But hear me out. Right. He had plenty of good seasons towards the beginning of the decade. When he went with Ganassi, had a couple good years. Won a 500 in 2013. Was competitive at the 500. Has been competitive at the 500 the I, whole no, decade. I agree. I didn't – okay, look, he's not on my list. That's fine. He probably should be. And I and I could probably make the argument and say that if you win an Indy 500, yeah. you should be on this list. But – Takuma Sato's not on my list. Neither, same here. So, so. Um, and I like Taku. So, yeah. but he just but didn't make my list. My number ten. That's a good one, Tony Kanaan. That's a good one. That's a real good one. My number nine. Again, multi-race winner. Gotcha. And a multi-race winner on not a power team. Sebastian Bourdais. I like it. He it, he has won. Multiple times, and can you just imagine 
what that dude could have done. Because, I mean, he won like four championships in a row with Cart, right? Yeah. And when, he, when, he, when he was driving a Cart. Can you imagine what that dude would, would be doing or could have been doing the last 10 years if he ran for uh, Penske or Ganassi or, or, or Andretti? You yeah. know, Ray Hall, somebody, you know. Yeah. Um, somebody. It'd be probably quite impressive. Yeah. So my number nine is Sebastian Bourdais. My number nine, people may think this is a little low for the legend, but I've got Elio Castroneves. Woo. It's a little low, I know, but he only had eight wins. I say only. That's a decent amount of wins. I had him for nine, but oh, no, well, that's okay. Eight, nine. Um. But he didn't win a 500, which I think plays a big factor to that. You know, when's his last 500? 2009. 2009. 01, 02, and 09. Yeah. I specifically remember that race. Yeah. Um, that was cool to be there that day. But only had eight wins. Last win coming in 2017 at Iowa. Um, doesn't race full time, obviously, Pitts Candy Car. So Elio Castroneves is my number nine driver of the decade. Whew. My number eight, driver of the decade, Simon Pagano. Okay. Um, you got down how many you want? Uh, 14. He's got 14 wins, right? Like I said, I only wrote down five guys, but 14 wins. Pretty good, right? Yeah. The majority of them coming with Team Penske. Team Penske. He's got a championship. He's got an Indianapolis 500 victory under his belt now yep um absolutely deserves to be on the list um simon pagino is my number eight driver of the decade gotcha my number eight he came back to indycar for a few years but those few years were pretty strong i've got Juan pablo montoya yeah um in the years he came back he had four wins one extremely should have won the championship close type season. Should have been an IndyCar champion. Yeah. And in 2015, had the Indy 500 win, uh, beating out uh, Will Power um, in one of my favorite 500s. Um, you know, Juan Pablo is Juan Pablo. To me, even to this day, he's still one of the best, if not the best race car driver out there. Um and so coming back for a few years and doing what he did, being out of the sport for so long, um, I've got Juan Pablo Montoya number eight for my drivers of the decade. Well, for my number seven driver of the decade, uh oh, I've got Juan Pablo Montoya. Nice. Uh, I'm like you. In my opinion, and I, and I'll say this today. Yeah. I think Juan Pablo Montoya is the best overall all-around driver on the planet. Yeah. In my opinion. He's he's good, man. Because you can stick Juan Pablo Montoya in an IndyCar tomorrow and he's going to run at the front. You know, he's he's kicking ass in in IMSA with that whole program with Penske. Yep. I'm convinced you could throw him in a Formula 1 car. And he's going to kick ass over there. Yeah. Um, the dude can race anything. and As he has done. He is a two-time Indianapolis 500 winner, one of those coming in this last decade. Um, yeah, he should have won the uh, 
championship. championship. He got, I mean, he, he basically kind of got bumped out of that by his own teammate. Yeah. Um, so my number seven is JPM Juan Pablo Montoya. My number seven coming into IndyCar in 2016. Oh, you want to know another reason why Juan Pablo makes my list? And this ain't this this is this a funny story. Let's hear. Because he yelled at my oh, mom. Oh, that was one of the funniest things. He, ever. he yelled at my mom in the garage <laughs> at the at, at Indianapolis. Right. So that's um, a good story. You were wanting an autograph from him or something. Yeah. And, and he kind of blew you off. And I was he, I get he it. He had there. a plate full of food. Right, he was eating lunch. Yeah, and he was. I think he was on the phone too. Yeah, he was. So, so he, I he, get he it. He walked know. by, and, and my mom kind of innocently goes, "Oh, you know, don't, don't tell him no," or <laughs> something like that. And man, he turned around, snapped around, and he, man, he just kind of laid into her, man. And, if uh, you want an autograph, go to the autograph right. session. I mean, it was it, it was, was pretty funny. It was hilarious. It was pretty good. You know? uh, so, um. That's a funny JPM story. So All right. My number, number seven, seven, I got Charlie Kimball. Yeah, right. Just kidding. My number seven that comes into IndyCar in 2016, improves. He's one of the most badass current race car drivers in the world. Who would you say now? I got Saucy Rossi. Alex Rossi. Okay. Seven may seem a little low, but if, he, if we did a current list, yeah. he'd be probably in my top two. But, you know, since he came in so late, he has a 500 win, obviously. And in my opinion, he is the best current driver at Indianapolis. Best current driver at IMS. Puts on a show every year. I think he is just amazing around that place. Has seven total wins so far in his career. Like I said, has the 500 win. And he proves week in and week out that he's strong and competitive. Um, and I just think he's naturally one of the best drivers in the series right now. Um, so at number seven, I think Alexander Rossi. My number six driver of the decade drives the number 27, or is it 98 now? Which one is it? He started as 98. 98. Now, now 27. he's 27. Napa, know-how. Um, Delara Honda. And it's Alexander Rossi yep. for the, a lot of the same reasons that you got him on here. The dude is just a beast. Yeah. I mean, a beast. And this yep. is a classic example of a badass race car driver that gets no shot in Formula One because, and I shouldn't say no shot because he he got his shot. But and, with, at the but time, with a crappy ass banner who was right. the worst team on the you know, Great. and and the way the politics and all that stuff works over there, and you know, you put Alexander Rossi in a Mercedes, and he's going to be world champion. Yeah. Period. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Um. So he flounders over there in F1, and finally decides, okay, he's going to come back to the states. They get him over here. He ends up loving it. He's kicking ass. He wins the five hundred his first year Fan out. Fan favorite now. Um. So and I'm like you if if. If he hadn't only been in the series for three or four years, whatever it was, he'd be in my top. He, he, you got to put him in the top four with Power Dixon and Newgarden. Right now, he's yeah. got to be in the top four. Yeah. Um, but because he's only got a, you know, limited time in the series, um, he's my number six. But I, but I'm like you. He's amazing. He's amazing race car driver. Yeah, amazing. 
My number six is I've got Ryan Hunter Ray at number six. Yep. Was, <laughs> was, was really strong there when he first signed with Andretti. Right. Had multiple years where he was really good. How many wins does he have? 15. 15. That's, that's pretty, 15 that's wins. pretty damn good. Including an Indianapolis 500. Including a 500 win. He's always pretty strong at Indy. Um, and he's always – the past couple of years he's kind of tapered off. Um, hasn't been as competitive. But earlier in the decade and the middle part of the decade, he was pretty damn good. Right. Um, week in and week out. To the point where I got I couldn't stand watching him win just because he won so much one year specifically his championship year. So with 15 wins, an IndyCar championship, and a 500 win, I've got Ryan Hunter right at number six. So take all those stats that you just said, recycle them all, and I got Ryan Hunter Ray at number five. <laughs> right, he's my number five driver. Gotcha. Um, for, for all the reasons that you just said and that we just talked about. Um, sad thing is he's probably he's probably been the most forgettable yeah. American 500 winner. Indianapolis 500 winner in recent memory. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of IndyCar's at the time. And that's IndyCar's fault. He won the 500 and I they mean, just didn't push him, you know. Marketing-wise, right. they didn't I don't, advertise you know, him. I mean, they didn't really – I mean, you can say they did, but what they do with Joseph? Not much. I mean, not Joseph, but – um, um Rossi? With Rossi. Same thing. Right. You know. You know, it's just you, 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 they don't push. I and, and that's and that, – we're going down a whole different – yeah, whole different this road there. This could be a whole, a whole segment. That could be a whole podcast. Yeah, a whole podcast about, about how you know. And you're majoring in marketing, and, and it's, that's what you that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I just I can jump in there, write the well, shit, baby. Uh, okay, that'd be awesome. But <laughs> for the life of me, sometimes I just don't understand how they do what they now, do. Now, for example, the um, marketing campaign they just released yesterday. Oh, it's bad. Fantastic. Yes. Why can't we get that every right. single year? Jason like, Bourne, baby. I don't get it. Um, you know, I mean, marketing, I mean, it's, you know, not that difficult. Right. Um, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that at a later time. But hopefully this, hopefully this year they, they kind of step yeah. it up. So, again, my number five, Ryan hunter Ray. My number five, I've got Simon Pagenaud. Okay. Now, where did you have him? He was eight for me. Hey, I have him at five. He was eight for me. Um, he's been strong uh, for the better part of the decade. You know, he was kind of the first driver to take Sam Schmidt to be a very solid IndyCar racing team. He was strong um, at Schmidt. That's what got him. At that's what got him at Penske. Um, right. So he was really the first driver to give Schmidt get Schmidt kind of noticed as being a strong team and being competitive weekly. Uh, makes a transition to Penske um, in 2015, I believe. Kind of struggled his first year. Second year, dominates, wins the championship. Um, we know he had the 500 win last year. He's a threat to win typically at most races. 
Um, not the first part of last year. Had the 500 win when he needed it because that is true. Had he not got if that, he had not gotten the 500 win, he probably would be lower on my list. He probably wouldn't far. be driving for Penske at all. No, let's just be honest. But he had a strong decade. Had a championship. Had 14 wins. Most of those coming with Penske. Good race car driver. Good race car driver. Indy 500. Number five, Simon Pagenaud. At my number four for driver of the decade is none other than the Spider-Man himself. Elio Castroneves. Elio Castroneves. Now, there's the difference. I had him at nine. Right. That's pathetic. Come but, on. Um, give me his stats again. Eight or nine wins. Eight or nine wins. You had him at nine. I had him at nine. You had him at eight. I have a list that has him at eight. So we'll go with nine. I count them. Um, uh, Yeah, he didn't. What other stats you got for him? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't win his his third 500 in this decade. He was a year ahead of it. Um, But, man, he's still Elio Castroneves. How many times has he finished second? In the, the, well, the if, points championship. Well, that, and if you look at the 500, the amount of time he's finished second, right. he'd be an almost six-time 500 right. It doesn't matter to me if you're a three-time Indianapolis 500 winner. And I shouldn't say this because I didn't put Dario Franchitti on this list. Well, I could say if you're still if you're a three-time Indianapolis 500 winner and you're still active, you're going to be on this list for me. Yeah. This is how it is. You know, I know he's not full time and, and I honestly think that this will be his last year. I think this is I think this is the last I shot. I think this is his last shot that Pensy's gonna give him. Um could be wrong, but um something's gonna go something's gotta give at Opensky Racing, uh, because oh, Scott McLaughlin is coming. And that he is. Um that's a whole nother podcast in itself too. So um I got Number four, showing him the love, the respect that he deserves, mm-hmm. Elio Castro-Mevis. I agree. You know, he's a good driver. But in the decade. What do you got for number four? <laughs> I know. I'm just messing around. Number four, I got Joseph Newgarden. Um, 14 wins. Hey, I can tell you think that's a little low, but let me get into my top three. Thank you very much. Come on, let's go. Uh, number four, Joseph, like I said, 14 wins, two championships. Was, you know, kind of did the old-fashioned way, worked his way up. You know, started Indy Lights. Sarah Fisher gave him a chance in IndyCar. They teamed up with the Carpenter. Carpenter split off by himself, blah, 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 on to Penske. We know all that. I'm just saying. Did it the old-fashioned way. Okay. And now he's one of the best drivers in the world. He is. At number four for me in the decade, since it was, you know, he came on strong towards the end of the decade, I got Joseph Newgarden. All right, here's our podium. I can't wait for you to hear my number three. Here's the podium. My number three, driver of the decade, with 14 wins, two championships, Zero Indy 500s, which I think the Team Penske is going to really concentrate on that, um, on getting Joseph his 500. Because you just don't run for Penske and not win the 500. True. And keep running for Penske. True. Um, Number three, Joseph Newgarden. For all the reasons that you just said, you just talked about, same reasons that I'm I'm saying them. Um, The dude is just a beast of a race car driver. 
and he is in my top three. Yeah. Number three, driver of the decade. My number three is a guy that didn't even make your list. So I can't wait to see your expression for this. <laughs> oh, good grief. I've got Dario Franchitti. No, I mean, that's he could be on the list. Um, Won the championship, had eight wins in the decade, and those eight wins came from 2010 to 2013. Right. And I think if he doesn't crash at Houston, um, that he decided to end his career after that, I still think he's a very competitive IndyCar driver to this day, kind of like Scott Dixon. Um, 2010 wins the championship, wins the 500. 2011 wins the championship. 2012 wins the 500. So in 2010 to 2013, he has two 500s and one or in one two IndyCar championships. Pretty impressive. I know. And, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, man, I don't know how the hell I kept him off my list. <laughs> yeah. but, um, um, I, I, I think I took into account the fact that he's been out of racing for such a long time. For a while now. Um, Sad. If we were doing a all-time great, past 50-year great, I mean, he's going to be on my list. He's probably going to be top five on my list. He's one of the best ever. Um, maybe not top five, probably top ten. Because yeah. if you're going to go back, you know, along depends on how far back you go. But you know, you you, you start getting into the four or five hundred winners. Yeah. You know, um, multiple championship winners. Right. Um, you know, he's got three five hundreds, multiple championships. He was a dominant. Dominant race car driver for so long. He left IndyCar, went and tried his went and tried his hand at NASCAR. Comes back a year later and shows that he's still dominant. Comes back and is dominant again. Um, yeah, I mean he's yeah, I mean, he's absolutely. I feel bad for not having him on my list. I do. Um, I mean, I'm going to stick with my list. But the only reason that he's not on my list is, like I said. He's just been out of it for a well, while. Well, last year it was 2013. So, yeah, so. it's just been – that's the only reason they didn't make my list. All so. right, well, on to your number two. My number two. And this is probably, probably going to be a lot of people's number one. But my number two is Scott Dixon. Okay. Um, probably should be number one. Right. But – I agree. Um, and I'll, and, and I'll give you two and one at the same time and then you can do the same thing. So my number two is Scott Dixon. My number one's willpower. Now, Scott Dixon has 25 race wins in this decade. How many championships? Two or three. Multiple. Yeah. Right. A lot. I mean, he's a five time champ. Um, correct. Right. I don't know how you don't have him at number one. There you go. Um, Will's got 33 race victories. It's a lot. They both have an Indianapolis 500 victory. Yep. Okay. Will's got one championship. Probably should have about five. Okay. (laughs) But he crashed away like three of them in the last race of the season. Okay. He's got an unbelievable amount of poles. About 50. Yeah. In 10 years. 
unbelievable. Okay. Um, Probably one of the best qualifiers of all time. If, I mean, uh, you could best. you could have a one and one A, you know, and and I'm probably I'm a Penske fan. Yeah, always have been. Okay, you're sitting here. I'm sitting here across from you, and you're wearing a willpower shirt. I am. Okay. Um. So that probably played a little bit in my decision. Right. Scott Dixon probably going to go down as as one of the greatest of all time. On Mount Rushmore of IndyCar. Yeah. Ever. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. But I'm strictly going in the last decade. Okay. That's why I chose power. Just because of the all the polls. He's got more wins. They both have one Indianapolis 500. If Dixie, right. if Dixie had won a second Indy 500, in then that, that – Especially – that this decade. Right. That would tip the scale a little bit, you know. Um, but as far as this decade goes. For year two and one. 2010 to 2019, I got number two is Dixon, number one is Will Power. All right. So notice how I said Dixon should be one. Well, on my list, I got number two, Scott Dixon, yeah. and number one, Will Power. Yeah. Really for the same exact reasons you have them. Um, like you said, he should be about a five-time IndyCar champion in 10 years. That would have been insane. Um, has the 500. I think, in my opinion, he's one of the best qualifiers in IndyCar history. Mm-hmm. Um, in 10 years, um, in 2010 was his first year with Penske. He has close to about 50 poles, and he has 57 overall. He's, he's a beast. So 90 Five percent of his polls have come in this decade. Thirty-three wins in this decade, only thirty-seven overall. Uh, you know that pairing him with Pinsky was just a deadly combination, and it proves year in year out. Sure, he struggled a little bit last year, but a lot of it was just luck. Um, I think he was on pole for the first two or three races of last year alone. Should have won Coda. Here, here's another reason why why I like willpower. Okay. All right, let's hear it. I think if you go up and down the paddock okay. and you ask every driver who's the best IndyCar driver in the last decade, every single driver is going to tell you Scott Dixon. Probably. Except for willpower. Willpower will say willpower. I think willpower would pick himself. <laughs> you know, and I don't think that's him being arrogant or cocky. I just think him. he's just I just think he is that confident in his abilities. Yeah. And yeah. um it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this whole Scott McLaughlin yeah, thing I'd plays hope, out. I hope since Will's the oldest guy there at Penske, I hope he doesn't get the boot and I hope well, he runs the, a four car team. All he's gotta do is to, is just keep being willpower. Yeah. I mean, that's all he's got to do. True. Is keep being willpower. And guess what? If Penske gets rid of him for Scott I'm McLaughlin. Sure someone else wouldn't mind driving him. Willpower's going somewhere. True. That would be a crazy offseason. Right. Willpower's going somewhere. And another reason he's the best driver of the decade, he probably has the best post Indy 500 <laughs> in, or radio communication. Right. 
and probably the best Indy 500 victory lane getting out of the car right. celebration. Right. I think he's allergic to milk, chugs the whole bottle. Ooh, that's another thing that we didn't talk about going back to changes at IMS, right? Is that – Oh, the new victory lane. New victory lane. They're supposed to be like the car – the car will drive in there, and then there's going to be a lift where they lift it up to where the actual yeah. podium is up top, um, which they used to have a lift, but it was out on pit road. And then at the end of the race, they, they put these railings around, and the car would just drive up on it. And then it would – it was like a scissor lift. Yeah. And it would lift and rotate the car to where it faced the uh, the grandstands. So, um, but anyways, there you have it. Um, top 10 drivers of the decade. Top 10. You were – you, I was upstairs. You were downstairs when we were doing this. We didn't yeah. look at each other. We didn't. Um, we both end up coming up with power number one. Dixon number two. Um, and then we both end up basically having the same people on our list. Minus, For the most part. Uh, I had, minus Dario. I had TK and, and TK. Dario. Yeah. Where I had. Ray uh, Hall and. Yeah, Ray Hall and Borde. Gotcha. Everything else, we were the same. So take a quick break. We'll be right back with our final segment for episode 19 of Around the Outside, an IndyCar podcast. And welcome back to this last segment as we wrap up episode 19 of Around the Outside, an IndyCar podcast. Um, I think it's been a good one. Yep. Yep, yep. Getting close to um, St. Pete. Two Uh, weeks away this weekend. Sunday, March 15th. I wish uh, this time last year we were getting ready to to fly down to St. Pete. Yeah. Um, I wish we were going back, um, but we are going to go to Richmond. That'll be fun. And so that'll be fun. And Obviously the 500. The 500, and we'll probably make it out to Gateway again. Yeah. Um, so Richmond will be a fun road trip. Um, Gateway's a fun. Gateway's fun. That's a, that was a fun race. Obviously, the, neither one of them were – St. Petersburg, Florida (laughs) in March. But. Um, So uh, we'll be watching with a lot of envy. Um, But, yeah, man, can't wait to get the season going. Once we get the season going. We'll be back kind of like. We will be weekly. Yeah, we started Um, late last year. We didn't start in the middle or the beginning of the year, I don't think. And here's another thing that somebody had brought up um, a while back. Uh, what do you got? A couple of days ago, really, on Twitter. Um, the odds for the 500. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, first of all, and, and, and I don't know if anybody of any significance with IndyCar listens to this at all. Probably not, and that's okay because we just enjoy doing it. But if by some chance there is, or somebody listens to this that knows somebody that knows somebody, we have got to get IndyCar on DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers, whatever it is, we've got to be able – I went to the casino out in Shelbyville here because we just passed um, – Indiana, you can bet. In Indiana. You can do sports gambling. In, like last fall yeah. where we just passed it. We could do online sports gambling. So – the casinos here around town opened up sports books, and I went out there to bet on the Laguna Seca race, and they didn't—they didn't even offer it. Nope. Like the casino, I couldn't even bet on IndyCar. Couldn't even bet on the season finale. 
They were like in Indiana. They're like, well, you can bet on the next Formula One race. I'm like, I don't, you know, that doesn't do me any good. And I'm in Indiana, the right home of Indiana. twenty minutes from Indianapolis. Okay, so this is a problem, and we need to get IndyCar on DraftKings, Bet Rivers. There are a few places you can go online, like like there's you know one of the, there's a site, the site that has these um, these odds, but which some of those odds. Listen kind of to some of these odds. So the two favorites to win the race that uh, per 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 this. And you can go on. You can go on this website and bet um, right now. Um, is Joseph Newgarden and Will Power? They're both at fifteen to two. Makes sense. Okay. Alexander Rossi is eight to one. Third favorite. So you, you put a hundred dollars on Alexander Rossi. You win eight hundred. Eight hundred bucks. <laughs> that's easy, man. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty safe bet. Simon Pagano nine to one. Colton Hurd and Scott Dixon ten to one. Elio's fourteen to one. Elio's still good. They've they've got Fernando at sixteen to one. Okay, go on down the list. Ed Carpenter, twenty to one. That's a good ten dollar okay. bet. Yeah, ten dollars gets you two hundred bucks. Yeah, right. I mean, it's crazy. Um, go on down the list here. I know there's a fifty to one in Connor there. Daly. Our boy. Who's in an Ed Carpenter car Who's, that will more than likely qualify right. pretty well. Absolutely. Can win this race. Is 50 to 1. You put $10 down, that's $500. Felix Rosenquist is the field long shot in in, in this scenario here at 60 to 1. That's crazy. Well, there should be another part to that, shouldn't there? Uh, I don't see. There you go. Uh, okay. No, this is. Oh. That's not it, man. Well, I know there's there's more to that. Um, I know Carlos Munoz is about a hundred something to one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. not even probably going to be there. Was he? I don't even. He was he there last year? No, no, I didn't think he was. Yeah, I mean, so you know, that's probably someone putting together odds based on stats that they've seen um, from previous years that really has no idea what they're talking about. I don't know, but. You know, you're telling me that um, at 50 to 1. Connor Daly's a pretty safe bet. You cannot put some money on Connor Daly. Yeah. Um, and think that, you know, you got a good shot of winning some winning some cash. For sure. I mean, that's just crazy. I'm, I'm flipping through here trying real quick to find. Somebody posted who it was that that what that's got this on their um, oh on the thing yeah gotcha go tell that to Vegas yeah everybody's talking about everybody's banging uh, Connor Daly yeah I I know everybody's tagging Connor I mean we saw last year what happens when you put him in a pretty competitive car I mean he's pretty good he's pretty good race car driver. I'd go you out. And I'd bet. I'd be betting on myself if I was Connor Daly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's legal. Oh no, Munoz is fifty. There it is. 50, he's fifty to one. He don't even have a ride. Munoz is fifty to one. Yeah, he don't even have a ride. Who's below Munoz? Connor Daly's fifty to one. <laughs> Sebastian Bourdais fifty to one. Well, he doesn't have a ride. And Felix Rosenquist is sixty to one. So, um, wow. I'm just thinking, if you go out and you bet five or ten bucks, 
you bet five bucks on uh, Scott Dixon, right? There's fifty bucks. Yes, yeah. if he wins, it's easy 50, money. Fifty bucks. You know, it, I don't know. I will definitely be be, be gambling um, <laughs> on, on this on the entire season, um, either with this website that posted this, or um, if it's on sports or whatever, uh, yeah. FanDuel or. Well, you know, I mean, I'll get on it in, in whatever this site is. Yeah, um, for sure. But I'll uh, definitely be doing some indie card betting. And this year I'm going to vow to stick to my fantasy indie card team and not forget to set my lineup before some races. <laughs> um, so fantasy indie card is always fun to do. But um, that I think that wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah. As always, we'll plug our Twitter at around underscore outside. And our Instagram. What's our Instagram? You know it? Around the in, outside IndyCar. Around the outside IndyCar, all Got one it. word. We have a total of eight followers. Woo-woo. Right? Not a lot of pictures on there yet. Um couple of them you probably wouldn't understand there's like a chicken with a blow dryer but that that was our that was another yeah i don't podcast. know that was a smart marketing strategy right that there was another podcast i was involved with um but it's around the outside indycar once the season gets started and, and really once we start hitting tracks and stuff we'll really yeah. post on instagram um, but we are very we're pretty active on twitter the other thing that i want that, that i really wanted to talk about real quick is i yeah, want to give a shout out you know the cool thing we do our we do our podcast through anchor Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things uh, is that you can get on, look at your analytics, and see where people yes. see where people are listening to you from. Yes. Um, and I was going through this the other day, and uh, I found this to be pretty interesting. Um, we have people listening to this podcast, obviously All from the, the United States, yes, but also from Canada, mm-hmm. the Netherlands, Sweden, the UK, mm-hmm. Australia. Good night, Mike. South Korea, Latvia, and Guatemala. Shout out to, I know, I think Latvia is where Demonis Sabonis is from, if you're an Indiana Pacers fan. Right. I mean, this is just awesome. So, um, it's really cool to, um, to be able to look at this stuff and – and see that man there's people from all over the world that are listening to you yeah um and people from all over the world that are indycar fans so we just want to say thank you very much we appreciate it we yes, appreciate we everybody uh listening we we appreciate um people's feedback we don't get a lot of it um you know people don't i mean they'll like our tweets a lot you know and um, stuff like that, but um, we do it for fun. We so. don't. We don't. We don't typically in the off season. We haven't really typically put out. Hey, we're going to be recording in two days. Shoot us some questions. You know, a lot of people do that, and that's cool, man. You get yeah. you get uh, listener questions. Um, you know, maybe when we get into the season, maybe we can start doing that. But yeah, um, for um, sure. You know, each week as we get into the season, we'll have a podcast. We'll have a a a race recap and a race preview of whatever we got coming yeah. up going on. So, um, and some out, outside of the box ideas sprinkled in there. Yeah. We always like the outside of the box. Yes, we do. So, um, once again, we'll, so we'll, we'll probably have another, our next podcast will probably be 
the preview to St. Pete. Yeah. Um, so we look forward to bringing that to you. Um, again, you've been listening to what? Around the Outside in IndyCar Podcast. And we out.